one. You may be seated. God bless you. Such a privilege to be here in this great camp meeting and, uh, and in this service this morning, and I trust that the Lord will come to our rescue and help us and bless us. We have some uh, good men that will be preaching the word of the Lord today, and uh, we'll do our best to uh, do our part and move and and hear from others. We have been coming to uh, this church for a long time. Uh, I believe it was 33 years ago this very month that uh, we were in a revival here with uh, Bishop A.O. Holmes and uh, and we've been coming here ever since down through the years and uh, such a privilege to be here again today. My what preaching the word of the Lord that you've been hearing. Uh, compliments to Brother Travis. What a wonderful message and what a move of the Spirit of the Lord last night in the service. We need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear from the Lord. Amen. We are, if we are to counteract the, the devil and the tidal wave of sin that is breaking at the door of the church today, amen, we must be strong as acid, fearless, amen, standing strong and tall. If there was ever an hour for that need, it's in this hour. If you ever prayed for your preacher, pray for him today. Hold his hands up before God. It is sad when preachers backslide and leave the ministry. That's terrible. But it is more tragic when preachers backslide and stay in the pulpit and churches go down with them. If we ever needed to be strong, we need to be strong today. We honor all of these good men of God that are in this service. There are some terrific preachers here. We'll move right along in the Psalm, book of Psalms, chapter 119. A very, very long chapter. And I'll read two or three verses. Psalms. 119 and verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to a while this morning, and our time is limited, uh, on losing the wonder of the Word. Amen. While growing up as a child, one never knows or gives thought of the influences that mold and shape his heart and his beliefs, but somewhere there must be a divine law of God at work within us. The wise man said in Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I have wondered in the last years, as I look at a generation of God's people who, who have uh, been many in this glorious message and truth for a long time, but we're seeing those who can so easily and so quickly today change and uh, become unashamed uh, liberals and leave the glorious truths that have brought us to where we are today. 
looking back over this, and uh, we had uh, some folks singing in our church last Sunday night, and uh, and in one singing group there were, I looked, and there were three three generations: a grandfather and his son, and and two of the granddaughters. And I appreciate this wonderful apostolic heritage today, and and uh, the fact that it is deeply entrenched and embedded into our heart. But I see those who can so easily and quickly depart from it today, and I can say surely they must not have inherited the apostolic heritage and the influences from their youth that are so prominent in our midst today and so alive within our heart. And I am saddened that I see a generation who have no deep, deep commitment to the Word of God and no deep commitment to defend the Word of God. And so therefore the doctrine of personal conviction was born. It was born in the midst of, of worldliness and compromise to compensate for a diversity of worldly evils that have penetrated the church of the living God today. And as a result of the doctrine of personal conviction that I am not troubled and I am not convicted, amen, and the doctrine that preachers are no longer uh, uh, prompted or urged or even in some places allowed to preach personal convictions, amen, we have come into a day when all of the world and the heathenism and idolatry has penetrated the church, and amen, and that men are cowed down, and men are, are troubled and disturbed and, and afraid to stand up and preach the old truths that have brought us to where we are, amen, that have, that have preserved the church, that has kept the church in purity and in holiness and in the power of God. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Many uh, say, well, it is personal conviction. We always say at home, and, and we have conferences there through the year, and many preachers come, and some say, we don't want to hear your conviction. I want to hear men's convictions. I might not altogether agree with you, and amen, it might not be my theory, but it certainly wouldn't hurt me to hear your conviction today. Amen. And we are in a dangerous shape when we are so weak and feeble that we cannot hear men preach their conviction, and that we do not know what we believe and where we're going and where we stand. Could you say amen? And so because of it, then uh, holiness preaching, conviction preaching, has become uh, designated and labeled as judgmental. And I see a world of, of neo-Pentecostals today with cigarettes and tobacco and, and uh, casual drinking, with uh, with men and women with immodest clothes in the church. I see them going to their churches with their hairy legs showing and their Bibles in their hand. Amen. And and no one can say a word because you're judgmental. Amen. You, you, you're not the judge. Amen. And so we have reached that place in our oneness Pentecostal ranks today. Amen. That if we are left to personal conviction, there will be no personal conviction. The psalmist said, Amen, my heart standeth in awe of the Word of God. Paul said to the Galatians, I marvel that ye are so soon removed 
from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. In the third chapter, Paul was writing to the Galatians. And he said, Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye made perfect by the flesh? Amen. Let me talk to you a little while today, my feelings and, and some of my observations that I, I have seen in the work of the Lord in almost 35 years. And my mother had the baptism of the Holy Ghost when I was born. So uh, we know a little bit about old-time Pentecost today. Amen. Some of our feelings and observations that, that we have seen. And what I feel is one of the outstanding problems that is facing us as pastors today. You know, through the years, it's been, it's been easy. It's been fun. It's been a wonderful experience to be an old-time Pentecostal preacher. It's been a, a wonderful experience to be a holiness preacher. But I, I'm afraid that we have come into an hour and we are facing a millennial. We are facing another dispensation. We are facing the Antichrist and his, uh, the tentacles of his system is at work in our world today. And he's establishing the very seat of his government and what he's going to do. We're looking at, we're bumping up against 2,000. The end of time, the coming of the Lord, the getting away of the church, and the terrible wrath of God that's about to be poured out. Amen. The one writer in the Bible said that he saw that the bottomless pit and that smoke and fire ascended out of the bottomless pit. Amen. And out of it there were demons that were loosed. And brother, we're facing that hour today. Demons, amen, that have been unleashed upon this generation. Demons of perverseness. Demons of, uh, of, of change. Demons of uh, immorality and sin as never before. And if we are to counteract it, and if we're to preserve this truth and holiness and righteousness and the message of salvation, amen, it'll not be uh, being mild and being sweet and kind. The devils are not about to lay down and, and roll over and play dead. You hear me? I said Satan's about not, not about to roll over and play dead. Amen. He said he looseth not the prisoners of his house. Amen. He's not about to turn this world loose because he's got him in his grip and in his tentacles and on the way to an eternity without God. Amen. It's going to take the power of preaching. Amen. The power of worship. It's going to take strong apostolic holiness preaching, drawing the line, the difference between right and wrong. Amen. We grew up in a day... We grew up in a day when the line between right and wrong was very, very evident and clear. We grew up in a day, amen, when the line between worldliness and righteousness and between Pentecost and the world was clearly defined. Amen. If you decided to live for God, you declared, I'm through with the world and I'm through with worldliness and sin. But brother, we have reached a day today where the line has become gray and hazy and obscured. Amen. And in some places has almost been wiped out because men have failed to stand, as the prophet said, and to declare between the clean and the unclean. Amen. And between the holy and the unrighteous. Praise the Lord. Who has a right to make that declaration? Men of God have that right. Who has the right to say what is right and wrong? Men of God have that right, amen, to declare what is right and wrong. 
in the Old Testament when they brought those that were afflicted with leprosy. The man of God, the priest, looked and said, You're clean or you're unclean. Say amen today. Who has a right, amen, to tell you, amen, what should be in our homes and what should be in our lives, amen, but the man of God. The devil's not about to roll over and play dead. We'll be strong as acid. One preacher said once a year, we take all our people over to the fellowship hall once a year. And we go over our doctrines and what we believe and the standard. I said we go over it once a service. Amen. And even at that, even at that, the devil's at the door. We're just an inch ahead of the world at that today. You hear me? Don't tell me that once a year I'll get the job done. Don't tell me that preaching holiness once a year I'll get the job done. The devil, the world is raging at the door today. It's rolling like a tidal wave through Pentecost. And we're walking around and saying we're in the greatest revival we've ever been. We're walking around and saying it's the greatest day. Somebody said, praise the Lord. A generation that has lost the awe and that have lost the wonder. That's what's matter in our churches today. People that have lost the wonder of the Word of God. Amen. The psalmist said, My heart standeth in awe at thy word, O God. Paul said, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Amen. Worship is wonderful, beautiful, holiness, apostolic worship last night. But worship can never take precedence over or can never replace the preaching of the word of the Lord. Worship can never supersede, amen, the Word. Amen. It becomes so many times, if it does, superficial, shallow, and empty. Amen. As we were talking with our friend Brother Bird last night. Amen. But worship can never cover sin. Somebody said, if you just shout a little bit, it'll be all right. Shouting can never take the place of the blood of Jesus Christ. Shouting can never take the place and can cover unrepented sin and can take the place of the blood of Jesus. There must be an awe. There must be a wonder. There must be a holy aura at the preaching of the Word of God. Men preaching on adultery. Men preaching against fornication. Men preaching against worldliness. Men standing against Hollywood and everything that it has a man to do with it. Men standing against the movie industry that's infiltrating our homes and our churches today. What a sad day it is. What a sad day it is when Pentecostal parsonage are occupied by Hollywood movies. What a sad day when the preacher and the pastor and his children are watching the latest movies. People in Pentecostal churches today sitting in their homes watching movies that 50 years ago it was preached out of their heart. 50 years ago it was preached out of their heart. They wouldn't dare go to the theater. They wouldn't dare go to the movie. But they sat in their home and they watched the same thing and they're justified by calling it another name. We have lost the horror. We have lost the wonder of the Word of God today. Hallelujah. Paul said it to the Galatians in, in chapter 5 and verse 4. He said, Christ has become of no effect unto you. You, you know what troubles me very deeply? 
that, that preaching does not move men as it once did. People can sit in a church for years and years and the things that have been pounded again and again. And if you go three services without reminding them, they decide, well, maybe, maybe I didn't know how you felt. I didn't know. Amen. People can disregard, disregard the Word of God, disregard the same glorious truths that have been put in their heart for so long. It's to some as though they are semi-retired and, and people that sit in our services as if they're in a semi-coma that it goes over and above their head and it does not touch them and it does not move them. And, and I have reached a place in my life that maybe it does not matter. The Ten Commandments have become the Ten Suggestions. And maybe this is what you ought to consider. And maybe this is the way, amen, that you should live. I was, uh, you know, you get to visiting around among people. You'll find things that, that you didn't know. I, some uh, several weeks ago, I went into a home that I had uh, people in our church. I'd never been in their home. And uh, I went in and to my uh, dismay, there was a television set in the living room. And uh, they were as nervous as a, a long-tailed tomcat in a room full of rocking chairs. And I just sat down right there in front of it and sat and stared. I didn't say a word. And, uh, and they were so nervous and followed me outside and said, Brother Lyle, I, I hope you're not mad. I said, mad? When I was younger, that's what happened to me. I said, mad? No, I'm not mad. But I am awfully disappointed. I am disappointed beyond, beyond words. Amen. Heartbroken. Amen. And this is a thing that's hard to understand. That you sat there and you heard it year after year after year after year. Continue. Don't, don't say, I didn't understand. If you did not understand, it was because you must not have had the ability to comprehend. But the problem was not the ability to comprehend or to understand the problem was there's a generation that can sit and hear you and nod their head and say amen and clap their hands and sing in the choir and go right out and disregard what you have to say. Disregard what you have to say. He puts on his pants just like I do every morning. God deals with me just like he does him. I've been in Pentecost maybe longer than he is. And I am not convicted. Someone, I preached something some time ago. Somebody came up after church and said, But Brother Lyle, I'm not convicted about that. I said, I have a scripture for you. I understand why you're not convicted. The Bible said the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God and neither indeed can be. A carnal mind can never understand righteousness. A carnal mind could never understand holiness. A never carnal mind could never understand self-sacrifice and drawing close to God. But we have come to that day and to that generation. They changed the names of the church. They're not Pentecostals or, or Apostolics any longer. It's the Oasis of Love and it's the Eagle's Nest and it's the Bird's Roost and it's deeper life and it's greater love and more faith. And along with it becomes more worldliness and sin. 
and the bringing of the trappings of the world with it. But the more liberal they become, the more worldly become, they say the more spiritual they are. The more spiritual they are. Preacher said at my table last Thursday night, and said a well-named preacher throughout Pentecost, recently was in his home, and he showed him a picture of his darling wife with her bobbed hair and her jewelry and makeup. And the preacher said, I, I, I can't believe that. I, I just, I can't believe it. He said, what about what you preach? And this preacher said, I got saved three years ago. And when I got saved, God saved me from Pentecostal standards. When I got saved, God saved me from holiness. Delusions. Delusions. Do they really, somebody said, Brother Love, do they really believe they're right? Many of them in their heart, they just believe it just as strong as they can. You know why? Delusions. Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples asked Jesus three questions about the destruction of the temple. When is it going to be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? We want to know that. Jesus ignored them. He bypassed it. He did not answer them. But the next line, Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Brother, I'm going to tell you, the spirit of this age and this end time is deception. Don't worry about the coming of the Lord. Don't worry about pre-poster men. Take heed that no man deceive you. We're living in the hour of deception. Take heed that no man deceive you. For he said, many shall come in my name saying I'm Christ. We're living in the hour of gross darkness and deception. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why we've got people looking at movies in their homes. And they believe that the theater's wrong. But inside my house, it's different. That's why we've got Pentecostal preachers that eat up with it. They're in a delusion. But they really think they are leading people into greater holiness than ever before. You do not choose a delusion. He said God said He would send the delusion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You might have preached it out of the Montgomery Ward catalog 40 years ago. You might have preached holiness and righteousness 40 years ago. Amen. But brother, I'm going to tell you, you didn't get enough, we didn't get enough done back then to let her coast and let her slide. We're not on cruise today. We're facing the highest mountains and the widest valleys, amen, that the church and the people of God have ever faced. A complete disregarding of the old word of the Lord. Losing the wonder. The, the battle if you and I live for God or not. If you are saved or lost is not determined in the bar room. It's not going to be determined in the dance hall. If you live for God, if you're saved or lost, the whole thing is going to be decided between your ears. It's going to be decided in your own heart and mind. And we got a generation today, and they're battling, they're battling. But the problem is, amen, they have not discerned their own mind. Amen. Living for God has got to be the greatest, the most glorious, the most beautiful privilege. And we have a generation today does not value the privilege of hearing the truth 
the Word of God. Preaching gets old. It's old hat. It's old stuff. and Same old stuff over and over and over. Repetitious preaching. That's what the Bible said. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Line upon line. Precept upon. Over and over and over. Repetitious preaching. Hallelujah. Preaching gets old. Now we have a tough Laodicean generation that can sit on the pew and participate. And there was a time you could make people angry. But we, we have people today that cannot even be angered at the Word of God, but completely disregard it. You say, well, let's place it, Brother Lyle, where they're not preaching holiness. And they're not preaching apostolic doctrine. Some of the most liberal that I see today came out of some of the strongest churches. Our problem that I'm having today is not with people that we just prayed through in the last two or three years. I'll be honest with you today. The problem that I'm seeing today is with preachers' kids. Professional Pentecostals. Third and fourth generation. It's not 16-year-olds. It's 27 and 28 and 32-year-olds. It's young couple with babies, with good jobs and affluent and nice cars and money in their pocket. And they can buy every gadget that they see. And they can go a trip every weekend. You hear what I'm telling you today? Amen. It's those who came out of a, a background where holiness was priest and doctrine was pounded into their heart. But it has become old hat and old stuff. Amen. And they no longer stand in awe at the Word of God. But the Word of God has lost its wonder to them. Professional Pentecostals. Amen. That can move with the flow and put on the show but go out in the world into the night and live their life as they see fit. Hallelujah. Well, there's some sad stories. Hallelujah. Some of the strongest men that we, you and I have preached shoulder to shoulder with through the years. Holiness count meetings. Holiness preachers. Amen. That today, today can tell people that it's not even necessary to be baptized in Jesus' name. That it's not even necessary that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I read an article of one the other day and said we no longer even rebaptize our converts any longer. We do not make the issue. We no longer even baptize our converts. We said several years ago when we saw worldliness creeping into our ranks and we saw a cow down ministry that were, that were thwarted from their purpose and were, were uh, intimidated not to preach holiness and convictions. Amen. And they backed down. And we said the next thing it would be, they'll lose the message. And we're seeing that many today are losing the message. Not only was it holiness and righteousness and separation, but many today now, amen, they can join hands with the charismatic world and the Trinitarians. Amen. And say, we're, we're like you. Somebody asked me the other day in New Iberia, said, uh, Brother Lyle, we go to the Word of Faith and said, we're, we're almost like you folks are. We're, we're just like you. Amen. I said, no, there's nothing like the church. Amen. There's nothing like the church. You can't compare the truth to anything. Come on. Amen. No, sir. We're not like you. You believe, you believe that you can go to church with the hair showing on your legs and get up and prophesy. I said, we don't believe that. 
Would you believe that you can go to church and live in common law with Marlboros in your pocket? And I said, you're not like us because we don't believe that today. Hallelujah! Paul said in the fourth chapter of Galatians, the 11th verse, he said to the Galatians, I am afraid of you. He didn't say, I'm afraid. He said, I am afraid. He didn't say, I'm afraid for you. He said, I am afraid of you, the King James. Lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. A lot of our labor has been in vain. A lot of our preaching will be like water going down the drain. Hallelujah. 13th verse, he said, you know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. What was the infirmity? We've all heard it. Many views and opinions. Paul said, but with my infirmity, whatever my disability that he had, he said, you, you know how that through it I preach the gospel to you. And my temptation which was in my flesh, you despise not, nor rejected Paul said, but you receive me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. There was a danger there. They believed in him so much. They believed in the man of God so much. They believed in his ministry so much. He said, you receive me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Then he drops down the 15th verse. He said, where, where is then the blessedness you spoke of. What happened to it? Where's the awe? Where's the wonder? Where's the love? Where's the admiration? Where's the almost human worship that you had? Where then is the blessedness you speak of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. That's how much they left him people that once you preached old time holiness and you had a revival shouting and dancing and running and I've said holiness preaching in many of our great meetings today has become like bluegrass gospel music it's a novelty people like it and they punch each other it's a novelty and it's a sad day brother when preaching about right has become a novelty among us it's a sad day when it amuses us and it does not move us and it does not stir us when people have lost the wonder, the wonder of the Word of God. Where is then the blessedness you speak of? Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They are not rejecting you, Paul. They are rejecting God Almighty because they have lost the all. There's two more great preachers going to preach to you today, two great men of God. Jesus said in Matthew, and I'm closing, Matthew 11 and 16, But whereunto shall I liken this generation is liken the children sitting in the market and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. Amen. He said, where shall I liken this generation? The sons of Aaron were not 
ignorant of the ways of God, the things of God, the law of God. They were not novices. They were not beginners. They were in the know. They were experienced. They were sons of the great high priest. The problem with them, they just didn't care. It didn't matter to them if it was oneness or trinity. It didn't matter to them if it was liberal or conservative. It didn't matter to them if it was real or not. Amen. They lost the all. They lost the wonder. And so be it of our generation today. It's a social religion has become a social game that people play and that it enhances our social life, our business life, and it's just good. But the awe, the wonder, the respect, the truth, the goal of heaven, amen, and so many lives is gone and ended today. God help us, God help us never to lose the awe of the Word of God. That when the man of God preaches, amen, there is a, that's God speaking. That's God talking. You said God talks to me. That's what the charismatic world teaches. God talks to you just like it does anybody else. The Lord told Moses, said, I want you to go up on the mountain. I'm going to talk to you face to face. But he said, as for this people, you'll have to come tell it to them. Amen. God still talks to a man. For God so loved the world, He didn't send a committee. But He chose a man. He chose a man to preach the Word of God. Hallelujah. Still got to hear the Word. And there's got to be an awe, a wonder, a love, a respect. Would you stand with me today? Move me. With your message once again. How about it? It's been so long since I've been moved with Take me back once more to Calvary. And once again, with your message, move me. Lift your hand, sing it one more time. Oh, move me with your message once again. It's been so long since I've moved with it. Take me back once more to Calvary And once again with your message move me Would you talk? Come on Ooh. Hallelujah! Lift your hands and sing Once again It's been so long since I've been moved with it. Take me back once 
to Calvary, where one more time your message moves me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Never let us lose the wonder. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.